Hey, this is H1, and we're about to be running it back with another episode. And today we're going to be talking about what type of plans should be made during a chess game. I know, it's confusing because when you're starting out, you don't know what type of plans you should be making. Like, what should I even be thinking about during a chess game, during these moves? There's so many moves that happen in a chess game, and sometimes your thought process just goes blank. And I remember I used to do this all the time when I was just playing chess as a beginner. But now, since I'm a grown H1, learning about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, chess understanding, I can tell people the shortcuts of how to bypass this era of not knowing anything and to know exactly what you're doing on each one of your moves so that each one of your moves have a purpose on the chessboard. So stay tuned because guess what? My Instagram is H1Chess. My YouTube channel, if you want more content like this, is Chess Knowledge with H1. My Facebook is Chess Knowledge with H1. And with all that being said, let's get into the process of how and what, how to think and what type of plans to be made on the chessboard, pretty much. Okay, let's get to the next segment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, H1 is in the building and it's time to get down to business. And by business, I mean time to get down to facts, straight facts, zero to 100 real quick. Now, H1 is here and we're going to review a subject that we have talked about before, and that is the thought process of chess. What is the thought process good for? Well, this thought process that I'm going to be talking about is good for you to find the best move of a position. You you look at this position. It could be a puzzle or a real game. I'm going to guide you on a specific thought process that grandmasters go by with muscle memory intu- intuitively each one of their games. Does that sound cool? I've talked about this before. My OG people who have been listening to my episodes before, you should already know this. But if you don't, then I will give you a good reminder of it. And this is just a simple review. So let's get started. The first thing, the first step, the first step is what are my opponent's threats? Think about what are my opponent's threats? What are my opponent's forcing moves? But in order for me to continue, you have to know what are forcing moves. Well, forcing moves are all the captures, checks, and threats of the position. And by threat, let me give you a few examples. It could be when a less valuable piece threatened to capture a more valuable piece, or it could be 
threatening a tactic like a fork, skewer, and pin, or it could be threatening to promote a pawn to a queen. And then just for kicks and giggles, you know what I mean? Just for kicks and giggles, kicks and giggles. The last example, <laughs> you could be threatening a checkmate. And you know what? Those are all the threats that I could think of on the spot. I know you could think of a lot more threats, but we have to continue with the subject. Now that you got a good idea of what forcing moves are, understand that you have to find your opponent's forcing moves first. It's not about you on the first step, but it's about the player who you are playing. Have you ever went through a chess game and went through a position and then you found out what you should be doing, but then you found out, oh snap, my opponent had that fork or my opponent had that checkmate in three or I didn't see that from my opponent. It's because you're skipping the very first step of finding your opponent's threats first so that you're not surprised. Honestly, throughout the whole chess game, you should never be surprised of your opponent. You should never be surprised of any of your opponent's moves because you should see them first. And after you see your opponent's moves, the second step, which could be kind of self-explanatory, is that you think about your threats, your forcing moves, your tactics. And if you don't see any tactics in the position and you don't have any captures, checks, or threats, you can't do none of those, then you think about what are my strategic plans? And we're going to get more into the second step in this episode. And in this step, you think about your candidate moves. And once you think about these candidate moves, they're going to help you on this next step. How many candidate moves you should be thinking about? Think about the fourth. <laughs> think about the top four moves that are best in the position. And sometimes there is just one best move or two best moves in the position. That's, that's okay. But general speaking... It should be about four best moves in a position if it's a hard position. So keep that in mind. Or five, you know, you can go up more. But the more you go, the more you'll be off track from finding the best move of the position. And then after you find these candidate moves, then the fun part happens. Then the visualization. I've been going over visualization training for this purpose, for you to get better at this step. And this step is calculate your best moves. Calculate your candidate moves that you have found through your strategic plan or your tactical plan. And how to calculate? That's going to have to be a whole nother episode because calculation in, in chess is important. And I can't just sum it up in one minute since this is just a review. But anyway, the next step, after you calculate these series of moves, of forcing moves between you and your opponent, then... If you have enough time, usually this is not done in blitz. And usually this is mostly done in classical games. When you have an hour long game or 15 minutes, 30 minutes long games, you blunder check. Because the worst thing that can happen to you is that you actually do something on the board and then you realize, oh snap, that pawn was right there that can capture my queen right now, not right there when I was visualizing it. And then you lose the whole entire game because you forgot one step, which is blunder checking your moves. So 
I'm going to repeat this one more time. First step, what are my opponent's threats? Second step, what are my threats? And if none, what are my strategic plans? Dang, I forgot which step I was on. Dang. Third step, calculate your best moves. Fourth step, blunder check. Especially if you're a beginner, blunder checking is most important because you don't have the the intuition yet or the muscle memory to see if you're doing the exact moves. So you probably have to recycle through the moves multiple times so you realize that you're not messing up. I cannot tell you how many times I have lost my queen against my brother because I didn't blunder check the position. And I didn't know these steps when I was younger. So congratulations. You have a like a step up other than all the people who are learning how to play chess if you're listening to this episode. So congrats to you. Congrats to you. H1 just gave you a big gift on to how to upscale your play. This is the waiting room segment, Chess Jokes by H1. And the joke of today is, what did the chess grandmaster do when the big tournament was stressing him out? He took the night off. Thank you for listening. Most people have a difficult time with the second step. And if you remember the second step of the thought process, it is, what are my threats? And if none, what are my strategic plans? Well, we're going to go over pretty much all the tactics you should be knowing in your chess career. And you can write these down, or you can try to remember them, or you can just, I don't know, just keep these thoughts in mind when you're playing a chess game but about time you hit the end of your chess career or about time you even want to pass 1600 you have to know all these tactics all these advanced tactics and basic tactics to get ahead in your chess career so i'm going to start from the beginning and then go to the end i was comparing lists And I feel like that this list is going to get you to where you need to be. Trust me, it's H1. H1 always got your back. Okay. Tactics to look for. Um, First one, pin. Advanced pawn. Attraction. Battery. Capture the defender. Clearance. Counter threat. Decoy. Deflection, demolition of pawn structure, desperado. That's an important one to. <laughs> that's an important one to know because, hey, sometimes some desperado can get you out of a a loss and get you into a drawn position and confuse your opponent. But anyway, let's continue. Discovered attack, domination, 
Double attack. Double check. Draw tactics. I almost didn't add this in there because, you know, draw tactics is whatever. But, yeah, you need some draw tactics just in case. Because it does come about where you just have to force a draw instead of just, like, asking for a draw or... I'm seeing if your opponent is going to make a mistake. There are type of ways to force a draw and, and, you know, not lose the position. Okay. Fork. Greek gift sacrifice. Indirect defense. Interference. Opposition. Overload the defender. Pawn fork. Pawn tactics. Pawn breakthrough. Positional tactic. Remove the defender. Sacrifice simplification. Skewer. Stalemate. I mean, dang, I just forgot the second word. Stalemate tactics. (laughs) Stalemate tactics. Trapped piece. Triangulation. Triangulation. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Triangulation. Yeah. Two rooks battery. Two rooks on seventh rank. Under promotion. Weak back rank. Windmill. That's a fun one to learn. X-ray. That's one of the most important tactics for you to learn. Hey, I caught a lot of... um, I caught a lot of advanced players with the x-ray. Zugzwang. Swishinjuk. And that's it. That's it. That's all the tactics. I'm probably not going to go over this again. So if you want to hear all these tactics again for you to know and to understand, um, just rewind this back. Go to Google. Search them all. Just click Just click in chess. Um, colon. And then the word that you're trying to learn, they should explain all these. But if you know all these tactics, find out how to apply it in your own game. And then, hey, you're going to be Gucci. You're going to be good. You're going to be lit. But these are all the tactics you should be knowing for the second step. But then, what did I say in that second part? That if there is no forcing moves, then you think about what are my strategic plans. So let's go over some simple strategic plans to think about. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the waiting room segment, just quotes by H1. And the quote of today is, Chess holds its master in its own bonds. 
shackling the mind and brain so that the inner freedom of the very strongest must suffer. By Albert Einstein. Thank you for listening. How now you're here. You're here to the fun part because I love strategic plans. I love talking about strategic plans so much. It's insane. But I'm gonna have to like cut it up short. So uh, I'm gonna have to cut it up short because it could take like hours on hours of me talking about strategic plans in chess. And you might not think it it will take that long, but it does because there's so many things that you should learn about. How to strategically beat your opponent down until they're no more, until you win the game. Because there's more to chess other than finding that attack or checkmating your opponent right off the bat. There's more to chess than that. And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it with this list of permanent advantages and temporary advantages. This, just knowing this will get you from 1600 to 2000 1600 to 2 to 2000 <laughs> I'm stuttered 1600 to 2000 because i believe that to get to 1600 you don't need any opening you you need like the basic opening principles but you don't need any like memory of the opening all you need is tactics but to get to 1600 and over you need strategic plans, strategic advantages. These are the things that win games and that cause mistakes for your opponent. These are the things that you need to overwhelm your opponent into making them suffer for the rest of the game. So these permanent advantages and temporary advantages came from Steinitz and Lasker, old grandmasters who were world champions like a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago, man. I mean, they're old, but they passed it down. And if you don't know it, then congratulations. You have made it this far to to get to know the precious knowledge of permanent advantages and temporary advantages. And they're simple to understand. It's not hard, but I can go over another episode talking about the tactics that I talked about in the last section and more in depth on these advantages so you ready you ready to you ready to get this rocking and rolling i know you're in the car i know you're listening to this right now and i know you're just ready for h1 to get this list going okay let's let's continue the first thing and this is the permanent advantages list so the first thing on that list material advantage second bad king position Third, passed pawns in the middle game. Remember, that's specific. Passed pawns in the middle game. That's a permanent advantage. Fourth, weak pawns for the opponent. Fifth, strong and weak squares. Sixth, pawn islands. Seventh, Strong pawn center. The center is the most important space of the game. If you control the center, 
you control the gain. Eighth, control of a diagonal. Nine, <laughs> control of a file. I know you've seen that coming. Ten, bishop pair. Bishop pair beats knight pair. Bishop pair beats bishop knight pair. Remember that. Because bishop pair takes more squares than those other combinations. Eleven, control of a rank. Okay, that's the list for permanent advantages. You can write them down and look them all up, and then you can and then you can figure out on your own time, on your own homework, how to apply those in your actual games and in your openings that you are playing. Now let's go over temporary advantages. Now these advantages are ones that can go away within a few moves. And you need to take advantage of them very quickly before your opponent comes back in the game. So this is the list for temporary advantages, and it's not that long as the permanent advantage list. Twelve, bad piece position. Thirteen, inharmoniously placed pieces. Fourteen. Advantage in development. Fifteen. Concentration of pieces in the center. Centralization. Sixteen. The last one. Space advantage. Now, these are the strategic advantages: permanent advantages and temporary advantages. Once you master all of these advantages and how to convert all these advantages, you will become a really strong player, as strong as Hokaru Nakamura, Magnus Carlsen, even Bobby Fischer, even Gary Kasparov, because they knew how to convert these advantages to awesome wins. This is the waiting room segment. Quotes by H1, and the quote of today is: "A bad plan is better than no plan." Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's me, H1, and um, you know, this was short, but it was really knowledgeable. This is kind of like the shortcut that you need to become a stronger player. Please, if you have time, share this with your friends and family who's trying to play chess.
if they're trying to become strong players because this list will help you tremendously on your journey. And not only that, but my YouTube channel is really lit. We're really almost there. Like at the time of this recording, I'm at 225 subscribers right now. So, you know, you can be part of that. You can be part of this journey. I want to make this podcast and YouTube channel and Instagram really popular. I want to have fun while while playing chess. And not only I want to have fun, but I want other people to have fun too. I want other people to have this exact same joy that I had. This exact same joy that I'm sharing with you is what I pictured in my head. And I was up here listening to all these boring people on YouTube back in 2012. (laughs) And it was so boring. You don't understand how boring it is. So that's why I'm on the verge of changing that. I'm purging all that boring crap and making it super entertaining for everybody else. I'm on a mission to get the most cool person to be a nerd. <laughs> not like not like chess is a nerd thing. I mean, we got kids watching anime nowadays. We got everybody watching anime nowadays, which that used to be a nerd thing, but it's not anymore, baby. Shoot. I still play Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Man. Hey, but this has been fun. I'm glad that you can be here. I'm glad you personally can be here. And you know what? I support each and every one of you and I appreciate the help and the comfort and the, and the thanks that y'all give me. And with further ado, I'll see you in the next episode. We're going to be running it back another episode. We're going to be running it back another episode. And I love being so hyped. (laughs) Peace.